0: We're just gonna kill a few minutes here and give people time to make it in here. What's up, Magoo? Sounds good. Okay, good. So yeah, it looks like comments are not coming through on the restream side, so I'm gonna to have to figure out how how that is done.
1: Well, we probably are crashing the servers damn near with all the tips.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's all the all the people that are they're flying into this stream yeah. right now. All right. It says my level's a little low, so I'm going to try to bring myself up a bit. Let me know if that's any better. Technology.
1: Technology's only come so far.
0: <laughs> it's only 2021. That's funny. It's actually it's kind of an interesting question. Is, it a, uh, is, is all of our technology, is that making us better? Is it, is it, uh, are we improving? Are we advancing as a human race, or are we regressing? what capacity did our uh, okay good sounds good what capacity did did our our ancestors have that we've lost that we don't have and are we rather than recovering that by becoming more self actualized are we pouring all of our energy into creating technology that's more like a crutch and then becoming slaves to that technology that's a that's a, a an interesting conversation to have
1: i've got a really good essay to read about that one man i tell you <laughs> <laughs> and then you can watch a, a bunch of log cabin uh, building videos <laughs> you and know then the of, fbi comes to your house <laughs>
0: <laughs> one of my buddies is uh who we actually we'll, we'll get him on here for uh for an interview sometime because he is just an absolutely fascinating brilliant man to talk to but he was there as a media member when that arrest was happening Wow. He grew up in Montana, and um, a buddy of his, or I think maybe his brother or something like that, was a member of the local press and wasn't able. like, got a tip, but wasn't going to be able to make it to the 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 arrest. And my buddy right. was a reporter in his school newspaper or something to something along those lines. And his school newspaper. Yeah, yeah. So wow. so the, his his brother, or friend, or whoever it was, gave him a tip and said, "Hey, be here at this time." And so wow. he was there when they were perp-walking him out.
1: That, dude, you want to know, know what is amazing about this whole conversation? is? Um, all right, here, here, Here's a fun thing. If you're listening to this either live or after the fact, right, leave a comment if you know or don't know exactly what we're talking about because we yes. haven't specifically said. But Matt has said that he wanted to create an echo chamber, and we've talked about how narrow the audience is for this. And it's just like, is there anyone listening who doesn't know Precisely what we were talking about, like right off the bat. I'm gonna guess no. I'm gonna guess doesn't know, but maybe, maybe one or two.
0: You're gonna guess most people don't know who we're talking about.
1: No, oh, I'm gonna guess almost anyone who's who's stumbling upon this in from in any way probably knows exactly what we what we were talking about. Um, almost but um but yeah I'm just, I am like I wonder like maybe there's one or two people who are just like wait uh technology log cabin what are you, what are you, what are you guys talking
0: about you know what I mean? <laughs> Montana what yeah yeah, yeah 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 if you're listening in right now okay there we go yeah magoo he says uncle ted there's a there's a Correct. clue for you guys of, of if course. you didn't know of course
1: of course i just wonder also you know i wonder the eight there's um there's an age gap too you know with some people i mean that was like and i don't even know in our very minuscule age gap, um, if you remember what a sort of massive story that was, I remember, um, but I don't, I don't even remember how old I was when he got arrested.
0: I don't. By, I finally. don't remember it at all. I not even. You, if you asked me what year it was, I wouldn't be able to tell you.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't either. I bet Magoo knows.
0: Yeah, Magoo. How old? How old are you, Magoo? Do you know? Yeah. For anyone who's never like, watched I like this you know, here before, this is our standard fare for the first few minutes. We just kind of BS and, and work our way into it. Magoo says he's 38, and he remembers.
1: I am also 38, and I remember. Um, so, Am I 38? I forget. I think I am. <laughs> yep, I think I'm 38. <laughs> that hasn't happened to you yet? It's going to happen. If it oh, hasn't no, happened I, to I, you I, yet, you're I always good. forget what okay. age I am. Okay. All right.
0: yep. And I'm 32,
1: <laughs> Yeah. I think. Are you?
0: I think okay. I am. Let me think here. 2000, yeah, 19, yeah, yeah, yeah. 32. Just turned yeah, 32 I, in December.
1: I was just wondering this. Like, this, all this, like, self-actualization type stuff, this has to be kind of our, like, a quest that our consciousness is um, creating for itself because we, we so outkicked our coverage in terms of, um, you know, technology with respect to what we were able to, because evolution is, you know, not a, like a rapid process, right? So there's no way that our evolution really can handle how easy all the technology has made our lives. So all, all this, um, you know, someone who fancies himself being on a path to self actualization at some point, um, although I don't anymore, but you know, once I did, that, that's just that's kind of a distraction for the fact that I don't really need to worry about well, I mean I'm going to, but like for modern man doesn't typically um need to worry about how to hunt food, procreate, pass on life skills um you know to the next generation, feel satisfied, be fine with dying um, We have to kind of fill our time with with other stuff and like whether it's whether it's Netflix or whether it's um you know, this quest for self-actualization. It's like, I don't know. Is it any different? It might be just the same thing. You might just be filling space.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't really see a difference. <clears throat> okay. So, it looks like we got some people in here now, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll kick this thing off. Um Welcome aboard, folks. This is, you are now listening to King Pilled and This guy here in the nice colorful room, my name is Matthew Erickson. And that guy there, that dark square, he's like he's like a Instagram in the middle of Black History Month. He's got a dark square on his That's what this
1: is, Matthew. Yeah. And this and I will be I will be adding that comment right there to my um to my takedown of you. (laughs) And my megalomaniac quest for power to uh (laughs) serve you.
0: That's, that's Steve the liberal over there. Liberal Steve.
1: How, how dare you?
0: He's the other host. A- a-
1: a- dude, dude, I just, I just, I just thought of a new one. A.O. Steve. A.O. Steve is going to be a thing. AOC? Steve? A.O. Steve. Oh, A O C. Yeah, that's going to be a thing. I, and I, you know what? I I have a pair of hoop earrings, and I, for the, and like, if I, it's like I don't not look like her if she was a dude. Uh, so for the lo- I was trying to think of a, a reason why I, I could do like live stream cooking videos, wearing hoop earrings and red lipstick, um, and just kind of say just nonsense. But I think I just found it. The character is AO Steve, and it is <laughs> one thousand percent going to happen. Maybe the second I get home. But um, yeah, that's that's going to be happening.
0: You're about to a. be the next Steve. JP Sears. I've,
1: I don't know how it took me that long to think of this. I talk about her constantly.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm glad that a, such a momentous thing has happened tonight. That's a great way to to kick off this stream. We are we are just veering straight off into the ditch really fast. <laughs> Magoo says, be a limousina.
1: <laughs> it just it doesn't stop.
0: <laughs> okay, so... So I, the, I titled this stream tonight as Dave Rubin Getting King Pilled. And I'll start off by saying no, I do not think that Dave Rubin is getting king getting pilled. So ha, you guys got clickbaited. But what I do see happening is him moving in that direction. He is, he is becoming more and more red pilled. It seems like he's popping a new red pill just about every day, along with James Lindsay. These are two guys who both come from the classical liberal atheist side. And they are like very, very rapidly becoming as as uh, as Matthew or as uh, as Matthew as Dave Smith is is now um, commonly referred to. They're becoming very Christian conservative. Um, Amy says that your black square is very confusing, by the way. Um, so the the other day, Dave did this had this this thread on Twitter, and it really jumped out at me because. It was right after we had a, a, a an episode, we did a live stream here that was basically, we basically talked about this exact subject. And so as soon as I saw it, I, I sent it over to, to Steven and Jason, and I was like, hmm, I wonder who's been talking about this. And for anyone who doesn't know what King Pilled is, what King Pilled means, where the meaning of the show comes from, the show name, just go listen to our most recent episode, the one where we um, described why we're getting king, why, we're, why we consider ourselves king-pilled. We g- kind of gave a breakdown of what it means and why, what our purpose is with the show, what we're trying to do through um, doing the show on a regular basis.
1: Anyone so, who wants to know what the name of the show means, go listen to us have an open discussion about it for three and a half hours as we explore the depths of the meaning that we can't concisely put into a sentence. And
0: you know, if
1: you don't do that, you're not. You're not really good. You're not gonna like this. It's it's like getting jumped in, kind of. It's like if you know if you want to know what the name is, you have you. This
0: is the quest. That's the yeah. That's the uh, the initiation ritual. You have to go wade through three hours of us. But you know that's one thing that when like I'm on the internet talking with someone and they they ask a question and especially if it's a video or a piece of content that I've put together and I send them this piece of content like an article or a video or a podcast or you know something like that. And I say, here, this explains it. And they're like, well, can you give me a timestamp, or can you just can you just summarize it for me? I'm like, no, asshole. I put the time into into putting all of this content together just to elaborately explain it. And I didn't do it so that I could turn around and just do it to you here in a comment section. So no.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you want yeah, but you want to know what though? That kind of is exactly how this show. Started because I did that to you a lot. And now we, and now, now, now we have a show.
0: So yeah, that's true. So maybe every time that I do that to someone, I'm uh, I'm, I'm losing the opportunity <laughs> to start a new podcast.
1: Yeah, exactly. You could have, you could have like 19,000 podcasts, or like this show could, this show could have uh, you know, whatever the potential audience for this show is. You're just gonna cut it off at the knees by being like. If you don't think exactly like we do, we want an echo chamber. The fuck out of here. You want you want concise descriptions of things. The fuck out of here. This is not for you. Beat it. You know, the whole goal the whole goal is to have just six rabid fans. Exactly
0: of the podcast. That's exactly. That's exactly it. We could have. <laughs> I could either have 19,000 different podcasts or I could have this podcast with 18,999 listeners. But it'll never get to that point because we need people who are both interested in what we are interested in who are also willing to wade through lots and lots of words to to hear about it. And that's a very, very small section of the population. That's an extremely – we we have niched ourselves down. It's actually you – yeah,
1: it's you, Jason, and me, kind of. (laughs)
0: And then like some of these goofballs from the uh from the the Facebook group that doesn't exist.
1: Oh yeah, the Facebook group that doesn't exist, that there's a captive audience there. I mean they're keep just chitting and chatting.
0: Now that's preaching Couldn't to the believe choir. It.
1: Yeah, that's what we're all that's what we're all about, evidently.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so here's where where Dave Rubin so so just a a really concise thing about being king pilled is basically number one, recognizing that the human species is wired such that um some form of monarchy, some form of of governance or 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 politics or or leadership system with a single head, most likely male with a single male head at at like leading it that's the most most natural arrangement or organization of human beings, and that every every arrangement of human beings naturally trends toward that. And on a long enough timescale, every single arrangement of human beings will ultimately be some form of that. It starts with the family, it goes to the church, and then it goes, to. if you notice that basically every single system of government, it doesn't matter whether you started outright communism or whatever you start with, you always wind up with something with one single powerful head. And every single company in the world, every single product that you've purchased, that you've used, every meal that you've eaten out anywhere, anything like that, that was all produced for you by effectively a monarchy. And so so that's kind of the first thing is recognizing that that's just a that's just like a a, a, an anthropological inevitability for human beings. But then there's kind of a bit of of a pun in there as well, because we also believe in what you could call the anthropological inevitability of Christianity. And it just so happens that Christianity has a king, and a Christianity accords itself very well to a monarchy. Um, the the two things go hand in hand very well because Christianity is effectively a monarchy with a with a single king at the head. Um, so those are the, that's kind of being kingpilled is like realizing that coming to grips with both of those realizations. And so so I guess I mean this is basically a term that we've coined. Uh, so we're we're still kind of working it out and figuring it out as we go, but. It seems to me like there's basically two parts of it there, and that's the two parts that I just explained. One is relate, one relates to Christianity, one relates to monarchy. So we consider ourselves king-pilled. So when I say that Dave Rubin here, when I ask, is he getting king-pilled? Well, I think that he's kind of getting beyond red-pilled because he's – Malice has his definition of red-pilled, which is something about um, basically realizing that there's a cabal of powerful people that will do and say anything to, to – can retain themselves as a cabal of powerful people, and that all the institutions exist to retain that status, that the media is telling is selling you a narrative that's all designed to keep a bunch of very um, unsavory, powerful people in power. That's the fundamental um, the basis of the red pill. But then people will use red pill for for stuff beyond that. and Dave Rubin has gone beyond that point. He's fully embraced the the nature of the cathedral. He's, he understands the nature of the cathedral as well as a guy coming from his perspective can. But he's actually starting to, to raise it to another level, and here I think he's starting he's getting himself into one half of the of the, the definition of the king pill. So this is what he tweeted. This was uh, february fifth, so this is four days, five days ago. He said, Thread, I've come to the conclusion that the collapse we're in now is the inevitable end of what purely secular liberalism looks like. A sad reality is someone who wrote a book defending liberalism. The tolerance baked into liberalism is what let wokeism into the system. Boom. Bingo. That's right. That is, that's the exact realization that James Lindsay is coming to, that, the, that, that classical liberalism is ultimately self-defeating, that something like freedom of speech will ultimately result in – if you allow everyone to speak, then ultimately you're going to wind up with a group of people that will spread just the right type of idea that will ultimately be used against everyone else. This is kind of an inevitability. This is the the, the, the Karl Popper's uh, uh, tolerance paradox, and that this is this is basically why we are at where we're at now. There's this this double standard that we've talked about a couple episodes ago, wherein um, freedom of speech is is respected absolutely for one side of the aisle, but then it's respected like really it's disrespected really arbitrarily for the other side of the aisle. And people think that this is like some bug in the system, but this is actually a feature of the system. This is. This is an inevitability. This is another inevitability. Do you always, are always going to have people who are wired this way and who behave this way. There and There's inevitably going to be a group of people who will use freedom of speech to destroy everyone else's freedom of speech. So then your dilemma is do you, it's kind of it's the do you violate the Constitution to save the Constitution idea? Do you violate freedom of speech to preserve freedom of speech? Do you preemptively, Shut these people down so that they can never get to that point, or do you wait until they reveal themselves and then crush them? But then you've now broken the spell, and there's it's you know obvious that there's no free speech. There's, this is kind of the, the the great dilemma that classical liberalism winds up at, and this is where kind of the one of the sharpest divides in the right wing is right now is the people who are recognizing that this is what's happening and the people who aren't, and the people who aren't are your kind of generic uh, like uh, establishment GOP people. And uh, basically anybody kind of more establishment than, say, Jesse Kelly, he's kind of almost like the cutoff there where he's starting. He's really starting to get it, but he's still sort of holding on to this delusion that maybe we can kind of we can save this old system. Once you get to get past that point, once you get once you realize that the system isn't savable, once you realize that every like there's an inevitability to what's happening now and it can't be stopped. You hit the black pill for a short period of time. That's where you just are like, you know what, screw it. Nothing matters. Who cares? Fuck it all. Let's let let it all burn. But once you get through that point, once you get that out of your system, then you kind of start coming. That's where you bottom out and you kind of start coming up the other side and you realize, okay, well, this was an inevitability about this. This isn't something we did wrong. This is the nature of the system. This is the system playing itself out. And every, like throughout history, there's been all these cycles of systems that have come on. There's this fantastic new technology that we think that this form of government is going to work. And it, and then spirals out of control and, and dissolves and falls apart. And then something new rises from the ashes and replaces it, and we're reaching that point for for republicanism, little r republicanism, for and which is really any form of democracy is is what is what is being like if if even republicanism won't work, then that's the death knell in any form of any form of democratic uh, governance, at least that has been discovered or conceived of so far. So um, this is this he, he this is the first tweet in this thread, and he recognizes the tolerance baked into liberalism is what let wokeism into the system. The soft underbelly of that tolerance, you go ahead and jump in here at any point, Stephen, if you want to. I'm just going to keep going until you say something.
1: Oh, I just wanted to say, I, uh, I, just, uh, I just started getting into the anti-federalist papers. Seems like there's a little bit of carryover here. Um, and boy, boy do I hope that someone in these comments has something smart to say about the anti-federalist papers <laughs> and how it pertains <laughs> to what you were just talking about regarding the constitution (laughs) and the inevitabilities, because I know that it relates, but I didn't read enough to come up with an intelligent thought as to how to convey that and give any kind of unique insight. But I did want to say that yes, I read sometimes and what I'm reading right now is the anti-federalist papers. Thank you.
0: This has been... A special notice from Stephen, updating you on his current reading list. And Patrick now, Henry, see, I read the them. show. <laughs> well, that's good. So that means that here over the next couple of several weeks, however long it takes you to read them, then uh, you'll have some really good insights to to bring to us. I actually haven't read them. I'm I'm familiar with them. I, I know about them, but I've never read them.
1: Yeah. Long well, long let long me time. tell you when they when when they when they said the Federalist Papers like P A P E R S. It's heavy on the S. There's a (laughs)
0: lot. (laughs) Okay, so uh, continue with the thread. The soft underbelly of that tolerance, the classical liberal tolerance, and a belief that logic and reason can solve all, are the perfect breeding ground for bad ideas like wokeism to pop up and breed. And secular liberals without a bedrock truth other than their own minds have no defense against this. Our founders understood this, which is why the Constitution didn't grant us rights. It protected them. Just by saying that, just by recognizing that Congress didn't grant rights, it protected them, that puts Dave in like not just like the 1% of the country, but like the 1% of the right wing. Because even it, – it, I can't go anywhere without listening to people talk about how it's like your, your Second Amendment right, blah, blah, blah this, your constitutional right to do this, and it, it that, is, that is evidence alone of just how far – the like I said last in our last episode that, that 2020 was the year of the pussification of, of, of the right wing of the Western right 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 wing, and that's evidence of it. They they that, they they've even lost that realization that understanding. So
1: you could <laughs> hyperlink this to um to a, a lot of so I mean it's Dave Rubin so obviously he's definitely influenced by Jordan Peterson, um or at least his exposure to you know his ideas. Um, because they're they're in that made up group that doesn't exist in real life. Um, But they he was a he was what, in an internet what w- was no 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 yeah well yeah that too but uh, what the intellectual dark web was Dave Rubin included in that
0: oh yeah at any point when that was? oh yeah he was okay so member. yeah
1: and what okay but Peterson Peterson too right
0: oh yeah yep
1: so yeah so they're talking about so there was something the, you are talking about the bedrock right and, and and you know logic and reason can solve everything and. and That gets into, it gets into so much, just right there. Um, you know, but where intelligence, intelligence can become, uh, your own God. You know, it, it, it's a replacement for the God impulse. You just think that your, your intellect and your ability, your ability to, um, logic and reason problem, it, 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 it's, uh, it cripples you at some point, um, when, when you don't leave any, any room. Um, and I just – I don't – that's – that you see that in a lot of academic-type people. I don't think it's, it's a coincidence that, um, that a lot of um, liberals, I guess, you know, stay in academia until they're 148 years old getting PhDs, and they just have no exposure to reality in terms of, like, the private sector or, or industry. It, once you're in there, like, that will, that will snap you out of, like, an academic um, mindset, or it fucking should, you know. Anyone who's anyone who's who's like worked um, and just kind of seen unintended consequences, seeing lack of, you know, your your own tunnel vision, you know, when you're so focused on your, you, I'm gonna, so, I'm going you're seeing it now. I'm gonna solve the problem, you know. Um, it's it's just this this ego getting in the way, and like there's actual consequences that affect people's money and people's safety, and um and yeah, it's a very academic thing to let intelligence become your god and it is I mean he's gonna get into it but um, there is that God there is that religious impulse um, and that's what it's filling And it, it, the other thing it reminds me of is is the and I you know Jordan Peterson talks about this too but like the, the Nietzsche quote right God is dead okay God said so if I'm in seventh grade I put on a t-shirt and I feel very edgy you know but I'm probably misunderstanding the quote um, because it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily a, a celebration. It's that okay, we.
0: He was mourning.
1: Yeah. Right. Our our, our society was a cornerstone of our society, and so now it's it is. It, 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 you know when he made the quote, you know it had crumbled, or he saw it crumbling, and um, something was going to need to replace it, and um, you're seeing now the consequences of what happens. When you replace it with exactly what Dave is probably going to be talking about in the thread, but you're, you I mean, you're, you're seeing what society looks like when that religious impulse and that cornerstone is filled with
0: uh, bullshit. Well, it's, and it's what it is. What it's filled with is the self. That's what when you elevate logic and reason to the the highest order value. So, what what Stephen's getting at here is is. The one reality, I guess this would be part of this is part of the, the, the background of both of the, the kind of the, the, the two halves, the two halves of the definition of King Pild, which is that um, at the uh, at the core of every single human being is a is religion. Religion is a constituent part of the human psyche. It's not something that you practice. It's not something that you participate in. It's something that manifests from your psyche. You are religious at your core. Everyone is religious. Everyone is religious in one way or another. It's just, what, the, what is their religion? What is their God? What is the thing that they hold as their highest order moral value? The, thing, the one thing that informs everything else that they do and believe. What do they believe is if they, if they keep asking why, if you just ask yourself why, why this, and you just keep asking why, just every single, no matter what answer you get, just keep asking why, just keep doing it like a, like a two-year-old, just keep asking why, and eventually, you'll get to God, whatever you consider to be God. That you will wind up there if you keep asking why, because this is what what uh, uh, Godel and his, his incompleteness theorems. Which, if anyone's a mathematician listening or a physicist or something, I I I am not one. I I am just I know just enough to get myself in trouble. And I know that that, that Godel's his incompleteness theorems were a lot deeper than this, but the really dumbed down version of it. My takeaway from it is that um. Every single system requires another system to explain it, and if you try to take logic or reason or math and make that the this is the the positivist view that you could take those things you could you could explain everything according to logic or reason that that everything could be boiled down to logical principles or 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 uh, basically but this is this is the 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 core of the belief that science can explain everything we don't need a religion we have science and what Godel proved was that there has to be a system outside that system that explains it. So, so that ultimately, it it has to do with like self-reference and, and the the capacity to, to self-reference and something I don't remember exactly like that. But basically, every single language needs another language to explain it. And logic is a language. So, the our, our reality, our universe, as far as we can tell, is basically a closed system. So it needs another system outside of it to explain it. And but then that system itself would need another. So so you get into this system of this 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 position of infinite regress. And all of this is there's a bunch of, of it's kind of weird, heady stuff that you think about when you're really stoned. But what it, what, it, what it boils down to is that no matter how rational you think you are, you always are going to have some axioms that you have just taken on faith, that you don't have an explanation or justification for. You have just assumed them you pulled them just out of ex nihilo. You have just pulled them right out and you've just posited them and asserted them and then begin to build your worldview on top of it. And whatever those things are, that is your religion. That is what you are religious about. And you worship it, you believe it on faith, you, uh, you, you, you have special actions that you take to uphold it and respect it. Like all of the same exact things all apply. So what happened with the Enlightenment was they discovered an important truth where they they I mean they didn't discover it, but they they really latched onto it, which is this idea of this spark of divinity in every man, that every single individual soul is precious. And so then things like slavery and like some of these other practices that were really egregious, suddenly they they were kind of cast into a different light. And you got this idea of representative government and 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 um you know everyone having the right that it doesn't matter what class you are, you still have the right to, to representation, the right to say. you have autonomy, all these sorts of things. These were the things that kind of bubbled up out of the Enlightenment. But what happened inadvertently, or deliberately, depending on your perspective, is the individual became God in the West. The individual will, Everyone. this is where you get this idea of choice, that everyone has to have choice. We have to respect the individual will. And the individual will is sacrosanct. And we must place the individual will as our highest order value that every single thing that we do must respect the individual will we have free will and we have to respect that And they built an entire political system around this but it's fundamentally flawed because the individual will is not holy itself it's not a you're you're worshiping some you're worshiping a thing that's basically of your own creation so this is this is man turning around and worshiping himself effectively that's what democratic systems are and they, they, they pulled God out and they slid, slid the, the, the self in, the ego. It's basically ego worship. Uh, democracy is ego worship. Individualism is ego worship. And the, this, this is one of the big observations of Moldbug that the current like woke progressive popular culture is not only a literal religion, it's actually an evolution of Christianity. It's a it's a secularized atheistic Christian religion where they 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 were reforming like starting with Luther and then progressing on through him all the reformers they were reforming each like away from each other and creating this this succession of of, of reformation's and as Moldbug points out it was inevitable that eventually they would reform God out of the church they were reforming everything out of the church. And stripping it down. This is the leftist impulse to take something good and strip it apart, break it down to its constituent components, and start throwing things out in this search for perfection. But what you will ultimately wind up with is nothing, and that's what they've done to the church. Is they've stripped everything out in the search in the search of perfection. They're trying to create heaven on earth, and eventually they stripped God out of the church, and that's where we are now, where we have this the like the scaffolding of Christianity. But with God pulled out and man, the ego placed at it in, in his place on the throne at the top of it. This is what the entire culture is all worshiping, the the human self, the human ego. Um, so that's that's the uh, I guess that I, I don't remember exactly how that tied into to what we were saying here. But it's what you were you were talking about, something that led me off on that whole long rampage. But did you have anything you wanted to add?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's just interesting. Like, um You know, progressivism being a a right wing takeover of a left wing movement or or whatever, you know, started to happen um, in the middle of the the 20th century. Um, And, you know, just it's, it's interesting that it's an this is an atheistic takeover of a Christian movement in a way. I'm just thinking about it. Just a, an, an idea that I just had when we were talking.
0: A right-wing takeover of the left wing. That's a very interesting thought. A right-wing. Takeover well, the like um, yeah, like um, wing.
1: Yeah, like, uh, uh, I mean, that was uh, uh, who wrote the book? I'm thinking of. My brain is fried after I teach. Um, was it was it Rothbard? Was it was that Roth Rothbard's thing? I don't when, know. When uh, when the right. Yeah. Okay. You know what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna, do, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna research this after I have my, my tea, and I'm gonna put together a very thoughtful idea that I'll share
0: next, next time. Well, what's interesting is, as, just as a sidebar, and then I'll get back to the thread here, is the, the, what I've been realizing is that, like this Marcusa essay that, that James Lindsay is working through, his 1965 repressive tolerance essay, he's making a lot of the same observations about power and about reality it's like he's it's like james Lindsay is talking about this and he's kind of clutching his pearls at some of these observations but marcus is right like he's observing he's accurately observing the way that the world works the way that human beings are wired it's just he's saying because of that we need to basically we need to do whatever is necessary to destroy the right wing so he's he's really just kind of like the photo negative of Moldbug, and Moldbug is observing the exact same world and saying, therefore, we need to destroy the left wing. That's, that's it's, it's kind of two mm. sides of the same coin. But I think they're both seeing the world mm. clearly for what it is. They just each have mm. opposing uh, prescriptions based on their fundamental premises and their, their, their fundamental values. Um, Moldbug is actually a really, is, a, is an interesting case because he's definitely not a Christian. And there's definitely areas where I depart from him. Um, but he, as as Marcusa has, he is he is very accurate. He has like the best power analysis that I've ever read, and he's very accurately described both the cathedral and the uh, the the nature of how humans relate to power and how power evolves and and progresses through a society from like generation to generation.
1: Mm-hmm. I think what I was thinking of was uh, the progressive era, like the kind of overall just thesis of the progressive, the progressive era, which I believe is Rothbard. Right. Um, and it's is that it's a right wing takeover of a left wing movement. And then the infrastructure, um, you know, where we see it, that it's it's Christian infrastructure taken over by atheists. That that was my I think that was the the. Um, the train I was
0: kind of going down. That yeah yeah yeah, and that's and that's very interesting because what I I don't remember who I was talking to, but I said that the this current the the TDS the Trump Derangement Syndrome is a is a conservative response to Trump. It's a conservative disgust response to it's they, they you see they they'll use all like parasite and infection and all of these types of things, which is a very this is like a right wing obsession with cleanliness and properness and purity and also what what do they say about him they say he's threatening all of our norms what they see is they see him trying to take away a world that they've already created they what they the way they see right- wingers conservatives basically anybody but a but a, a freaking Maoist they see them as stains upon an already perfect world they see that the world is perfect already it just needs to have all the bad stuff stripped out of it and so that's how they 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 have they're having a strong right wing response because they 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 want to take things back to the way it was before Trump. They want to return to how things were before. But at the same time, if they were to get to that, then they would say, well, actually, we need to get to this point. We need to move here. So they they're not actually tied to a specific time because they're not they're they've they've rejected the very premise of logic or reason. So they're not actually tied temporally anywhere. But their response to Trump is a conservative response, and obviously they're they they have. They, they, despite claiming to be egalitarian, clearly they be, they believe very strongly in hierarchies, which is a right wing thing, because they believe that they're better than, than uh, uh, they, they've got this like massive disgust response to hillbillies or rednecks. And they clearly don't see these people as even the same species as them. They see them as clearly not worthy of being equal to. They don't have an egalitarian impulse to someone from Alabama. So they, they we call them progressives, but I think that that's actually a really good. That's a really astute observation. That this this is a that's that's kind of part of it being a, a perverted Christianity. That they are a uh, they're they're really fundamentally a right wing movement in a lot of ways, but they're they're coming from a left wing perspective. They're very very mixed up. It's it's that's a really fascinating thing to think about. Um. Okay. So. Let me look at some of these comments here, real quick. Uh, someone, okay, Magoo says yes, that's Rothbard. Someone was asking how Girdle is spelled. It's G-O with the with the umlaut on, above it, the two dots above it, D-E-L. Girdle, Kurt Girdle. And then, um, okay, it turtles all the way down. Okay, let me get back to reading this thread here. So uh, let me read this tweet again. He said, our founders understood this, which is why the Constitution didn't grant us rights. It protected them. Rights are God-given, not man-given. Logic needs something eternal underneath it as a foundation. This is a point that uh, Yoram Hazani, a uh, 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 guy that he talks to a lot, National Conservative, nationalconservatism.org, this is a point that Yoram Hazani, Ben Shapiro, Dennis Prager, and Jordan Peterson have made often. Liberal, Somebody in the comments here said that you could literally watch Dave Rubin's worldview updating while he was on tour with with Jordan Peterson. And you could, which is very interesting because he's definitely moving in the right direction and in a direction that would make a lot of of the more ardent right wingers happy. But those same guys also really dislike um, Peterson and they think Peterson is a is kind of like a shill or something. So it's kind of interesting. He's he's a shill, but he seems to have a, a profoundly positive impact. On a lot of people and in red pilling a lot of people. That's kind of an interesting dynamic. Um, so then Dave says liberals not only have no defense now, but they are actively destroying their own businesses, families, and institutions by pretending that wokeism can be rationalized with and defeated. And here, obviously, he's using liberals in a in a favorable way. He's talking about his classical liberals. The, what he doesn't realize is that they're gone. That he's lost them. They they that what what he sees doesn't exist. The point of wokeism is to be anti-human and anti-individual and it will spare no one. He's 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 partially right. It's it's wokeism manifests as anti-human and anti-individual just because they actually are trying in their mind they're trying to preserve humanity. They're trying to preserve the individual. They think the individual is corrupted. They think the individual is perfect and they think that people like like right wingers, anyone a a Trump voter, they see them as a a fallen, corrupt, um, perverse individual that needs to be either perfected or eliminated. They wanna they're they're they they actually aren't anti-individual. They actually, like I said before, they've actually got the individual set as the highest order. They just have a really perverse idea of what that means and they're they're trying to purge the world of people who have corrupted their individuality. That's, I guess, that might be a way that you could you could say it. They're so they're in, they're in in the pursuit of the perfect individual because they've created an archetypal individual that they're comparing everything to, and they've they've deified the individual, and that's kind of the consequence of it. Are you still there? I think we lost. Yes. Stephen. Oh, you? Yeah. Here no, there. I'm here. Okay. Good. All right, your, your, your screen had frozen, so I was just making sure. Okay, so he says the point of wokeism is to be anti-human and anti-individual, and it will spare no one. I think some former liberals like Christopher Rufo, who's done really, really good work on homeschooling, and uh, conceptual James, James Lindsay, have seen this. While most bury their head in the sand and hope it passes them by, it will not. I welcome debate on this with, and then he tags Stephen Pinker, Sam Harris, Eric Weinstein, Brett Weinstein, Jonathan Haidt, and Barry Weiss, and Andrew Sullivan, Heather Hang, uh, Christina Hoff Summers, Peter Boghossian, Joe Rogan, and Majid Nawaz, and any other true liberal who would like to discuss it in good faith. No doubt there are varying levels of agreement and disagreement, something liberals used to relish in having. So, and then he says he says that true liberals are modern conservatives. He's all he's recognizing is. He's he's just kind of stumbling upon the Whig view of history for the first time, and just he's he's recognizing the ever leftward leftward shift of humanity, and the fact that today's conservatives are or today's liberals are tomorrow's conservatives. That there was this kind of be, this constant move left, no matter what. Take take Ben Shapiro now. Go a hundred years ago, he's going to be a communist. Go a hundred years before that, he's going to be a witch. This this is just the the movement of 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 history. And he he sees himself as a a conservative now because he shares these values that that he thinks used to be liberal. But it wasn't that they were ever liberal. It's just that they were fashionable. But the again, the this left wing is is in this pursuit of perfection They're in this pursuit of creating heaven on earth. And so they will move beyond. They'll continue to move beyond whatever they need to. They'll go wherever they need to go necessary to do that. And also in pursuit of power, because the two of those things are exactly the same. If you were to create the ideal individual, it'd be the most powerful force in the universe because they're again, they're pursuing God. But they've just gotten they've gotten diverted off and they're pursuing literally a false God. Um, So so that was my like Dave is Dave is getting it. Dave's getting there. He's. It's a matter of whether or not he'll he'll continue to 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 progress and keep taking these next steps as say James Lindsay seems to. Um these other people that he tagged in it, what they don't realize is that wokeism is classical liberalism, this belief that they cling to. Wokeism is just that taken to its logical conclusions. The 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 wokies, the wokists are they're the most ideologically honest leftists. They're they're just recognizing the actual conclusions of their worldview. So the only thing that's holding these people that he tags, you know, um, Andrew Sullivan and and Barry Weiss and Stephen Pico, the only thing that's preventing them from going full woke is just a matter of time. If they continue as they are, ten years, twenty years from now, they're going to be basically where the most radical left winger is now because. All they're trying to do is mediate the center. They're trying to, they they have this sense that society is gonna get off balance and that you need to have an equal amount on this side and equal amount of this side and this is where, and then truth will be found in the middle. And this is a flawed view of how things work and this is why things continue to to move to the left. They keep shifting ever leftward because people are, the the people who are on the far left are the most radical and the most aggressive about pushing the envelope and, 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 and opening the Overton window. And then the people who are trying to stay in the middle they keep trying to move to try to counterbalance them and try to, keep, try to keep things from tipping over. And so everything just shifts leftward, constantly shifting leftward, until the right finally wakes up and realizes what's happening. And then there's a radical jerk rightward as it, everything is pulled back into place and they, they attempt to restore order. And then this has kind of been the, the, the cycle of history is this constant progression. So with the, the very interesting thing is to see what will happen next, like where is this gonna go? what is this, what's what's the right wing response going to look like? And I think that what's what's been happening is that this process has been, the, the stakes of each successive move have been elevating, increasing throughout history. Once upon a time, people who wanted to escape this type of thing could just leave. They could go to another continent. They could go to the new world. They could just escape and get somewhere else. Now there's basically nowhere else to go except for off planet and off planet, obviously there's a bottleneck to that. You you know you're not going to really escape really escape an institution trying to get off off planet. So if the institutions have turned on you, there's kind of nowhere else to go. It's kind of like we've we've exhausted this planet. And that's why I think that's probably why deep down in everyone's psyches there's this kind of this sense that we're reaching the end of history or at least a massive turning point. And yeah, you know, I'm not going to go into this in this show, but as as a, a sidebar, it's very interesting that that so many ancient religions and ancient people groups and stuff they all targeted this time frame, specifically this generation, as the end of the world or the end of an age. They said that this is when it would happen, and there would be a massive cataclysm, and 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 everything would be over, and would 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 restart. There'd be a, a great reset, which is very very interesting. Um, we'll go we'll go into that in, in future shows. Point being there this is the reason why people sensing this this like uh that we've like kind of filled up the we we've filled up the earth we've 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 reached max capacity and now people can't just escape anymore people have to turn around and confront what the 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 evil that is that is among us the evil that's that's threatening to take over they have to directly confront it they can't keep running from it and i think that's people can sense that even if they can't they don't directly recognize it i think that on a, on a consciousness level, people can feel it, people can sense it, and they're, they're kind of starting to come to grips with that, and they're starting to brace for the coming conflict. So then it's just a question of what that conflict is gonna look like. Is this gonna be the end of the world? Or is some, there gonna be some kind of breakthrough and suddenly you know, we have a reprieve? That was part of my hope with, with Trump being reelected, was that they would give us a reprieve. It would give us four years to kind of sort things out while he remained in the way as sort of a speed bump. And with him out of the way, now everything is just kind of – there's no, there's no hold, holds barred. Things are going to go crazy. So it's so just a matter of when the right wing is think... willing, willing to actually nut up and, and do something, and then it's the extent to which that conflict goes. What were you going to say?
1: Yeah, I was just wondering, do you think, that, do you think it, it, ma- it matters who, who won? Because, uh, I don't know.
0: No, I look not really. I think,
1: I think things, things, are, things are
0: chill. Both parties are essentially the same.
1: No, I, what, I, I always say that no matter what candidate that you elect, you always get uh, John McCain.
0: <laughs> that's why that's why everyone who liked John McCain really, really didn't want one of the candidates because they were afraid ding, ding, that ding. he was going to be exactly that, John McCain.
1: That was, ex, you know, that was like, I, I told you, there's, there's always one thing. Maybe that was what we should open with is like whatever I was waiting all day to say that I didn't say in the stream that I like kicked myself. And so like, the stream before it was just like, you know, AOC not having a seat doesn't matter because look at Stacey Abrams. And this one is, uh, or last week's was, you you know how, um, you know how like one of the points that we, that we were making in our, in our like initial Trump stream, or or it wasn't a stream actually, our, our Trump video that we did was that like, um, all of, all of the worst people, you know, were react, were just bending over backwards, um, behaving like they were being doused with holy water like trying to do anything to not allow trump to be elected that right. article like that was like beyond a, a cartoonish version of like what i would have expected was kind of like going on you know what i mean like if, <laughs> if 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 i came forward with that um you know I, i'd be like man i probably should dial that back a little bit so doesn't come off so Alex Jonesy. But yeah, that, that's 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 the thought that that's the thought that um I had wanted to share that I forgot from last week. Tune in next week when you'll hear the thought that I wanted to say today
0: that I forgot to say. Alright, Matthew? Steven's on a uh, on a one episode delay. Um, yeah just just the very use of the word cabal was kind of a, a tip off to that. That this is this is uh this is easily the biggest reveal that the uh, the cathedral has ever given of itself deliberately. And so then the question is, like we talked about last week, is they are they gloating or are they trying to get out in front of something because they know that something is coming? It'd be kind of nice if the latter was true. At the same time, that would mean that things would really get really unstable really fast because any sort of big reveal like that is gonna, is, is anything that, that rapidly red pills a large number of people on the cathedral is going to cause a lot of instability really quickly. Uh, the 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 cathedral is going to snap into CYA mode and and that's that has the potential to get really ugly. So there's there's kind of this perpetual tension between like the accelerationists and the I guess you might call them the like like Moldbug kind of his 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 opinion, which is kind of just sit back, hold tight, um, kind of keep your keep your head down, stay out of the crossfire and let the system burn itself out and let the energy fizzle and just be prepared when it does and i guess my my position is sort of is is kind of close to that but not quite mine isn't just stay out of it altogether mine is don't do anything stupid but on each individual basis evaluate any possible opportunity you have and say, okay, what's the actual potential consequences of this? And am I willing to live with those? And are they going to be a net good or a net bad for my community, for the people who I love and the people who I care about? Which kind of seems like, well, duh, that seems really obvious. But it's 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 apparently not too obvious because there's a whole bunch of people that don't do this at all. They just The vast majority of people don't do this at all. They just do whatever they've been programmed to do. And they go out and they chant the the whatever sayings they've been instructed to chant whether it was by Candace Owens or by Trump or by um AOC or whomever else or John Stewart this is everyone is 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 like just playing a playing a part it's like they're mindless mindlessly playing a part in a movie or something that they just they feel there's Scott Adams uses this this tool for evaluating things and he's kind of like he says, imagine that you were watching a movie. What would happen next? And I think that there's actually a lot of truth to that because I think a lot of people, for, like, a lot of people look at themselves as actors or as characters in a movie. And they see themselves, they kind of are like have a narrative that's playing out in their head and they kind of try to act along with that narrative. And so if you assume that, you assume that people are gonna act as if they're in a movie, then you'll actually kind of be able to predict things fairly well at least in, in, in broad strokes, um, the way things actually work out doesn't always isn't always what you expect. But anyways, so one other thing I wanted to talk about today, I don't think we're going to go quite as long as we've gone in the past because I'm very tired. I actually did a very rare thing a day. I took a nap before before this here, and all I did was kind of fall asleep for 10 or 15 minutes, but it kind of gave me a little kick in the pants. But now I'm just sort of running on adrenaline until the, uh, until this, the show is over and I can go to bed. But... I had a sort of a brainwave a few weeks, or not a few weeks, this was actually probably a year, year and a half ago, and I wrote this really long thing, and I'm not going to read the whole thing today, but there was just one part of it I wanted to pull out and kind of noodle on and and leave it here for people to think about, and, and I'd be, I'd be, I would be very curious to hear people's thoughts on this, especially people who are very familiar with the church or who might have grown up in the church or have studied a lot of doctrine or whatever. So. One idea that I was playing with is this idea, this, this, this Christian idea, of that we're to, people use all kinds of different phrases, but basically we're to act like, we're to attempt to behave like Christ. We're to try, like, what would Jesus do? We're supposed to, 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 to act as if we're saved. And so then, you know, by their fruits you shall know them, and, and then you have the whole works versus, versus grace, and I'm not trying to get into that. Just this broad general prescription within Christianity, to behave as if you've been saved, to act as if you're a child of Christ, and to, in, in very rough terms, to avoid sinning, to try to not sin, that's kind of the, the prescription. So another way of saying that is that you are attempting, you're, you are pretending to be God. You have to pretend that you're God. You have to pretend that you're Christ. You have to try to act like Christ. So you have to mimic him. Like they talk, like they'll say like, he's our perfect example. So you're trying to act like God. Another word for trying to act like is pretending. So in essence, you're pretending to be God. And the Christian message then explained in a certain way is if you successfully pretend to be God for your entire life, you will achieve eternal life and you will be, be you will become like God. You, are, you will you will achieve eternal life. And when I when I thought about it that way, I was like, that's that's really fascinating that. You, the, the, this, this is a common phrase. The greatest pursuit of God is the pursuit of one's own perfection, modeling oneself after him. You're, you're basically trying to be perfect you're trying to attain perfection and again there's the whole works versus grace debate and I don't want to get into that I'm not trying to get into that what I'm talking about specifically is this idea that you are to behave like God you are to act like God you are to pretend to be God it's like you're 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 walking in his footsteps these all these different analogies people use but and and the 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 most fundamental sense you're pretending to be God and with part of that then it's that even if you sin having faith is believing that you aren't doomed and having done that just because you sin once it's okay repent turn around and continue that like, get back up and continue to pretend to be god i'm i'm saying this in a in a kind of a provocative way but on on purpose because it's i think it helps you kind of look at it from a different perspective rather than then you know behave like christ i'm saying pretend to be god and um what i wrote here was The greatest pursuit of God is the pursuit of one's own perfection, modeling oneself after him. And having faith that even though you sinned, even though you did something that wasn't modeled after him, it doesn't mean you're doomed. It doesn't define you, because there was a perfect example who did do it. So if he could do it, anyone could do it. So it's not the acts that save you, it's the commitment to the acts. And that's, that was what really, this, I guess it does kind of get into the works versus grace thing, but that, that was what stood out to me is that your actual acts aren't what define you. It's your commitment to them. It's what you believe. And we've discussed, I think we've talked about on this show, and I've definitely talked about it on Willpower and Influence before, the, what, what belief is, the power of belief and you know, the placebo effect. If you believe that a pill is going to have a certain effect on you, it will have that effect on you human belief is incredibly powerful we literally we talked about this on the show today we you literally are creating the world around you with your beliefs if you believe that something is the case this is your law of attraction thing if you believe that something is the case there's this like a kind of a universal force that makes that thing become the case and so then it's not the acts that save you it's the commitment to the acts it's the belief that was the part that that really uh That that kind of that 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 I I don't know what, what word I'm looking for here, but that just kind of rattled me a little bit. It made me this this the the core of it is belief. It's this it's not what you're actually doing, it's where your mind is directed. It's where your um where your focus is. And I realize that this that this sounds like kind of like really duh, obvious stuff. And I'm I'm struggling for the words to describe the, the phenomenon that I'm, that I'm seeing in my head. Can um, you find this other part down I had there. an
1: amazing conversation about this, uh, maybe yesterday. Okay. And I, I don't know how, how, how directly it ties in. There's, I'm, you know, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I might go back and just listen to this and just take notes of every because th- there's, there's, there's too much firing off in my, in my brain. <laughs> um, but I, I think that this, this discussion is, I, I don't know, like I don't really know um, – how religious or, you know, what, what people practice who, who, who listen to this. I imagine there's a fair amount of people who probably call themselves Christians who, who listen to this. But, um, you know, this is, uh, this kind of discussion is, if you have the right sensibilities and you've lived enough life, I think, like, you're saying, Mulbug isn't, is not a religious person. Is you know not a Christian, but there's a certain rep- understanding and, and, and reverence for like the the importance of it. And you can kind of take a look at at some of these concepts and have a respect for them and understand that that there's that there's value. Specific to the the sin thing, before I forget, who um, was talking about the uh, the Orthodox Church in the view of, of penance, like penance is not penance in the Orthodox Church is not um, a punishment is medicine. Um, That's my ham, my ham's ready. I don't know if you heard that ding or not, but it's <laughs> <laughs> I heard it. My little toaster oven. Uh, okay, yeah. Um, so pe- uh, penance is not a punishment. It's it, it's it's medicine. It's medicine for sin because we live in an imperfect world, and um, there, are, like sin is going to happen, and the idea is that your sins, you know, you, you're trying to limit them. Um, you're trying to limit them into the sins that, whatever sin is necessary in a fallen world, dealing with fallen people and whatever your circumstance is. Um, and there was, we also had a little bit of a a conversation about morality and how, you know, really morality is kind of overrated, overrated. It made me think of our our sort of, our, everything we say about consistency and principle in, in many ways, right? Because circumstances are already always changing you know, but really what's more important than mor- morality is the truth that you're pointed towards because the truth that you're pointed towards, that should just be getting clearer and clearer to you, hopefully, right, uh, if, it, if, it's, if it's changing. So the way that you behave to move towards that truth might change, you know, and based on your, def- your, your definition of morality, like, like, um, like you know, I always go back to the thing with prisons, like if you're in prison, you're acting differently, you know, you have the same values and you're trying to move, move towards that same truth but just like it is what it is you're here you are in this fallen world um you know and, and you're going to behave differently sin is going to happen and um in that that's that's our that's our, our our life um but this whole you know everything you, you're talking about people have a desire to live out the logos like that's that's just in them and you're, you're talking about the enlightenment and um you know uh the, the big idea of you know everyone being treated you know equally in, in in some regard. It's like oh man yeah brilliant. Guess what Old Testament. You know I mean it's just it, it it it's nothing. There's nothing particularly new. I mean it's it, it's a it's a you know it, it's a rev, it's a revelation, but it's not. I mean it's it's um it it's as old as as time. You know that whole the whole concept of um men being made in the image of God, like that's that's a very powerful idea. You know, um, that, that is directly tied to the idea of, you know, everyone being treated equally. And, you know, there's, ju- there's just this in, in, in our culture, although it's not lived out all the time, there is this idea that, you know, the homeless person that you, that you walk by, they have a value, um, that we can recognize, right? and if and if that's and if that's a human impulse, the reason that it is a human impulse is because you know humans like are aspiring to be divinity humans are aspiring to be god's small g because of god capital g
0: right that's that's a that's a that's something that's baked into people is like every across every culture no matter what there's this impulse to to for pe- people want they're 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 mesmerized by the idea of God and they want to be a god like that somehow that's 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 wired into us and and Peterson has a lot of interesting observations about that about like hierarchies and transcending hierarchies and that type of thing and the reason that i've been been i'm i'm trying to have i find it to be very enlightening when i'm having these types of conversations. Maybe it's just because I grew up in the church and I grew up having religious conversations. I want to have these conversations as a from like an anthropological perspective. I want I'm trying to study the the science of religion in 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 a, in a sense, and I'm I'm trying to evaluate. I'm trying to trying to be as dispassionate as I can and try to look at myself as as if I'm studying a, a creature, studying a species. And the, the most powerful thing about this species is belief. That's what I'm discovering. I'm discovering that stronger than anything else, if I'm looking for this, if I'm like building a, a trait, building a, a video game and I have a character and I'm, I'm looking at all of his traits, the most powerful trait is belief. And, and so, what is like, why is that? What does that mean? What is, what, where does all this come from? Where is it going? That's, that's kind of the way that I'm trying to look at it. So, but, but I have all this, 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 I'm, I'm wired to think about these things in a, in a religious way. And I'm trying to think about the religion in a scientific way. Because one thing that I've just, I've, I've I'm convinced is true is that the deeper into science you dive, the closer you get to religion. And the deeper into religion you dive, the closer you get to science. As it was like every religion is histor is a, is a description of history at all it all it's like it's like history that people have turned into a religion it's every every culture's religion is all based on history it's all based on their ancestors it's all based on people who came before and I'm carrying on their tradition this is like every religion ever so religion and history are inextricably linked and it was it's the in every society, it's the pursuit of that and study of that that leads to technology, the development of technology, and discovery of, and, and in like into scientific discovery. So, science, religion, and history are all inextricably linked. And I've done a lot of studying of history, and I've done a lot of studying of religion, but I've, I'm I'm trying to apply a, like a scientific perspective to those things. And I realize that I'm I'm this is it's dangerously close to the whole. I'm um, placing the 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 human rationale as the highest order, um, and so I recognize that. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to to think about these things in a, in like a dispassionate um, perspective, as if I'm as if I'm an anthrop- anthropologist studying um, something about the psyche of humans. So I've been kind of hemmed and hawed trying to get to this one point, but I, I'm I've tried to lay the groundwork for it sort of, but I don't really know how to do it any better than this. So what? What I continued to write here is that um, okay, so it's not the acts that save you; it's the commitment to the acts. To know the heart behind the commitment, you must know love. Love is the thing that you know when you see it. It can't be defined; it can only be observed and recognized. It is the essence of God. God is love. That's this is a very common, common uh, aspect of, of Christianity in particular. Because um, if you're, if it's the, if the commitment behind the acts is the thing that does it, so it's okay. Well, then how do you know the commitment what does the commitment mean What are, what's the nature of it why is this something that's being why is this something that's being optimized for in this religion and so to 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 understand the commitment you have to know the heart behind it And so the heart behind it, you have to know love and love so if you try to define love you can't you have to you, you just kind of know it when you see it and so i said it, love is the essence of god in this way love is the fundamental substrate of reality and one thing i was alluding here too is is people, it's a very common trope that you hear of of people who are having like a psychedelic experience that they'll say something along the lines of everything is love. And it's become a kind of a joke with like hippies and stuff. But they, this, this is a, a, it's like a, a thing that people read Michael Pollan's book, how to change your mind, where he talks about these different psychedelic trips that he did and his, his discussion of love in there and what it, what it is like, love is a, is like an actual force. like you get this sense when you're when you're doing a psychedelic trip, you get this sense that love is a a tangible actual thing. like it's like a it's like a a, a quantum wave or something like that. that love is an actual thing. And what we feel when we think of love, what we're what we're actually feeling is the effect of engaging with or in, or encountering love. so so then it's very interesting to me that that God is love and love is God. Like that, that, playing with that idea is fascinating to me. So I said, to behave as God is to behave with love. How do you know? If you know God, then you know love and you know how to behave with it. Reality is creation. So going with, the, uh, the, with the, the, the Christian definition of God, God is creator, He's, he's everything that exists is, is, is he created it. So all of reality is created and is his creation. And we know that creation is an expression of God's love. So this means that creation is an expression of God's essence because God's essence is love, love is God's essence. So God's essence is the fundamental substrate of the universe. The act of creating is the act of bringing reality into existence. So that's love, that can be another definition of love. Love is bringing reality into existence. Creation is love creation is God, creation is being. Being is God, God is love, being is love, being is creation. You don't have to necessarily understand that. I'm playing with the ideas and bouncing them off of each other. You can go back through and listen to that and write it down or whatever if you wanna try to understand it better, but there wasn't particular meaning embedded in that. I'm just reading what I wrote. So to pursue one's own perfection is to pursue being, which is to pursue creation, which is to pursue reality, which is to pursue love, which is to pursue God. So the pursuit of being is the pursuit of God, and creation is the conduit through which we pursue God. So here's the idea that I was playing with. Behaving like Christ equals pretending I'm God. If I pretend, this is the story of the gospel in essence, if I pretend I'm God earnestly enough and believe that I can become like God, I will achieve salvation from death. So death, then, is doubt. It's the opposite of belief. Death, belief is life. Doubt is death. Death is doubt. And power over doubt is power over death. So then salvation is permanent power over doubt. So this is the the summation of it. Another way you can describe this is, if you believe that you will live forever, you will. That's the way that I, I I I kind of boiled it all down. So somehow belief is such a powerful force that if you employ it directed toward living forever in the in the in the, the 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 prescribed way according to Christianity then you will live forever. And so what this means is that is that the there's this capacity to think yourself into eternal life, kind of. And so what I'm what I'm where I got myself to is, is um realizing how much that sounds like the exact same thing that I'm criticizing in the then the 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 liberal the 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 modern um deification of the individual and and the elevation of logic and reason and and to the to the to the the highest levels possible and thinking that you can solve everything with that. Fully recognizing that, I still can't deny this conclusion that I've come to. And Yeah, I guess I don't really have a conclusion with that. I don't really have a a meaning for it beyond just this is it's kind of like I've 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 done like a science paper and I'm just presenting my results and and you can take from it what you will. But what this also tells me, I guess here's a takeaway you can you can have is that if you aren't regular regularly creating, you are gradually dying because creation is. Is the act of being. Being, if you are being, you're creating. You're in the act of creating, and when you stop creating, you start dying. So belief is the process of continually creating, and um, so yeah, that that would be that's. This is like a a message that I'm telling myself because that's one thing that I've done with with getting into the, doing this show that I'm very grateful to Stephen, to Liberal Steve, for persuading me to to get out and start doing these shows is because um, it gives me this urge to continue creating and to, to put stuff out there and, and you know, not to bottle stuff up, but to actually put it out there and just, just kind of let it be and let people do with it as they will. So I'm very fascinated. I've seen some comments have been coming through here today, and I didn't fully expect to, to kind of get into all of this, but I'm very curious to hear what, what people have to say about this. And if it, if it seems like I've just kind of lost my nut, if I'm off my rocker, um, then I'm glad to hear, I'm glad to hear you contribute that to the conversation. Um, but i'm 'm very curious to hear if this made anything click for any of you guys the way that it did for me because it gave me a whole other series of thoughts and stuff that i 'm not that kind of if I start going into that, you definitely will think that i 'm off my rocker um so i 'll save that for another time but um let me know we always get me... to
1: God because um what you know it, it just it, it, it's that it's that quote you know you, you seek wisdom and you 'll find God yes. and that's what i mean' we're, we're trying to we're trying to figure out the situation around us and a massive amount of history that, you know, causes us to, um, to reach this point and we're just constantly seeking wisdom. And that's, I don't, I mean, it makes sense as to why the conversation always, uh, gets back here. Um, because if you seek wisdom, you find God and aliens. And that's where we <laughs> always end up as God and aliens.
0: Well, I'll say this, that because
1: Romans um, eight seventeen was it? Now that? if we are, so it's Romans eight seventeen that that he was talking about right now. If we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If needed, we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory.
0: Oh, that's a very interesting thought. I'll need to chew on that one. I get these kinds of things. Please, please give me these kinds of thoughts because I get this stuff and I'll just sit on it and I'll chew on it for a while. And I found that I can, if I just throw it into the back of my mind and just let it go for a little bit, then um, next time I'm I'm having a, a thoughtful, con- contemplative moment, stuff like this will pop up and it'll all coalesce. And that's like my favorite thing. There's nothing more energizing to me than having different, seemingly unconnected ideas connect themselves and and kind of discovering a new realm of reality that I didn't that I didn't know was there. I'll say this that right now. If you really put a gun to my head, I would say that I'm most inclined toward simulation theory, believing that we live in a simulation. But the idea that I'm trying to flesh out and that I'm playing with is that the Bible is describing simulation theory. That the, 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 the story of Christianity, the, the story of the history of Christianity is a narrative-based explanation of simulation theory. I think that at the at the like the meta meta level they're the same thing. And this is why I said last week that that Christianity is a meta truth. Like it's the 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 truth contained within the gospel is true whether or not the historical events actually happened. You still arrive at the same conclusion, I believe. And so it's it's not just that the the gospel is true. It's that it's the best way I can come up with to describe it is that it's meta true. And it's true on a meta level. So um I that's why I think I, I, I want to continue exploring this from trying to look at it from the outside as much as I can because I'm very familiar with the view from the inside. But I want to see the view from the outside as well, so that I can I can better understand it. And I fully recognize that some of the stuff that I've said here and some of the the things that I'm alluding to are going to make some people really uncomfortable. I'm I'm very familiar with 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 Christians, and I've talked to them my entire life, and I know that um, some of the stuff that I'm saying and thinking people there's some people that will even consider it like blasphemous. But I, I don't have anything else to do for the rest of the rest of my life with my mind. Other than like in all the downtime, then just think about this stuff. So I'm just going to keep thinking about it and let it, let it, let, let it go where I'm going to go. And, um, you know, and, and and trust that as, as I'm, as I keep my mind bent on truth and focused on truth and attempting to, to align myself with the source of truth, whatever that is, if the gospel is the truth, then I, that's where I'll wind up. I don't need to be focused on it necessarily to to still wind up there as long as I have a commitment to truth. So that's my that's my commitment to myself. That's my commitment to you guys is that I'll stay focused on the truth and attempting to discover the truth and, you know, let it let the search take me where it's going to take me. All right. So my Nelson, you mean the earth isn't literally is- isn't created in literally seven days. That's that. That's a, that's an interesting conversation. I don't know.
1: My my commitment um that that's Matt's commitment, and Matt speaks only for himself. My commitment is that I'm gonna start doing AO Steve videos. Um, <laughs> immediately if not sooner. So be on the lookout for that.
0: Be on the lookout for yeah, this is, Steve um, videos. I videos. I like I think that you need I, to turn this into a bit. Like I think this really is I think you've got JP Sears potential with this kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I think I do too, to be honest with you. Um man, there's like a really Oh gosh, the uh, it's just yet another yet another person that once 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 we get this logo thing figured out and then the audio thing figured out, we start having some guests. I have just the best person to talk to about all this stuff, and I I think that it would just connect so many dots. And um, was it the guy you were telling me about? People would love it. Yeah,
0: yeah, he looks man.
1: I mean, it, it, it. Oh god, but like. You want to talk about, you know, the interpretations of the Bible, um, you know, literal and, and, um, you know, o- otherwise. Oh my gosh. Just the, the, the comp, we could just do like a whole show just on, on that probably. Um, but there's just so, so many dots to connect, uh, with, with this guy. I, it would just be fascinating, um, you know, for, for, um, for people to hear. But, um, man, what one thing, one thing that that he said to me recently when talking about um you know what makes uh or, orthodox christianity a little bit uh a little bit different in terms of um the interpretation is he said to be he's like you got to be careful when anyone, anyone is kind of talking specifics because one thing that um orthodox christianity does is it leaves it leaves room for for mystery it leaves room room for god so, if people are giving you an interpretation with a ceiling and a floor that's that's where um that's where like orthodoxy would would part ways, and I thought mm. that was really yeah, and so that's obviously see all that all that mysticism all all the room for mystery, leave room for God and like all this stuff that really resonates with me. I imagine it would resonate with you too, Very you know what much. I mean because um yeah it uh yeah that that's. That's what really draws me to it. Um, and, you know, just the, the idea of, like, that there's this crazy respect for tradition, and, you know, being the oldest, um, you know, the original, right? Um, you know, but, like, well, who who breaks the rules better than people who have, um, you know, respect for the rules and understand the rules and know knowing when and how to break the rules? Just Just as the kind of person that you are, you know? Um, and and I, I think that there's a there's like a strong parallel um, from what I am learning as I kind of dive deeper into Orthodox Christianity. This and, that uh, urge
0: fan. that urge to put a floor and a ceiling on everything and to treat this whole this treat this whole thing as if it's already solved, if we already understand all there is to understand, is actually that's a, that's a that's an enlightenment. Uh, urge. That's a that's that's a very similar. What, what these people are when someone does that, what they're doing actually is they aren't expressing. They think that they're expressing faith in or belief in God, um, and in God's word, and you know however they want to frame it. But what they're actually doing is they're expressing belief or faith in their own ability to gather, sift through, filter, and interpret information, and they're assuming that all of the information they need. To make a decision on this on this matter has already been presented to them, and that there's no more information out there to find, which is a close parallel to the the belief of modern humans, especially Westerners, that we are the like the sum total of human evolution. With that, that uh, the and I don't. And when I say evolution, I don't trigger the Christians. I'm not saying evolution in that sense. I'm saying the evolution of human society. That that we are uh, the the sum total of that. That the knowledge that we have is all of the knowledge people will often say this about the internet that the the that uh, the internet contains the sum total of human knowledge how do you know that what we don't know what we don't know and there's tons and tons of lost cultures and stuff that that, that you know we've we don't have any information from the library of Alexandria burning all these different things like there's so much lost knowledge and if you really want to get into it read Graham Hancock you'll learn just how much we don't know and I'm I'm pretty convinced that if you take all possible human knowledge and all current human knowledge and you put them together all current human knowledge is is i probably less than 10 percent of the possible sum of human knowledge there's way more about reality and about the universe that we don't know than there is that we do know and without all that extra data with all that extra information i can't come to a conclusion me coming to a conclusion is just an expression of faith in my own faculties and an expression of faith in my, my temporal reality that I am where I am now. And that it just, that it, it just so happens that I got to live in the time when all of human knowledge was available to me. Wow. Lucky me. That And that is just very, a lot of what Christians um, treat as faith in God is really faith in Christians or faith in themselves. And this is where, the the enlightenment elevation of the self has kind of backdoored it way backdoored its way into the actual church itself so i really like this orthodox you're not the first person to say something along those lines to me about 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 the orthodox church but i really like i really appreciate that um that sentiment that to to leave room for mysticism leave room for unanswered questions and 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 also one thing that I appreciate I don't know if this is necessarily an orthodox thing, but this is the way that I approach the world is is being uh being willing to question anything and to constantly ask why because I believe that my intentions are good, so there's there's a there's a strong impulse within a lot of religions to not ask certain questions I've even seen this said explicitly like you shouldn't ask that question you shouldn't think that thought you know you shouldn't you shouldn't you know you shouldn't question those things just just accept them and Number one, I think that's wholly incompatible with the picture of God that's delivered in the Bible. But number two, that's that's a trap. That's a that's a uh, that's a psychological cognitive trap. That's a belief trap. You have to believe this thing without. That's not what faith is. Faith isn't believing something without thinking about it. That's that's a that's you're you're just creating a a. T- Using that logic, every possible religion is is true, and and there's no reason in believing in one single one because everyone else all has these things that they've just they've just accepted that they've just believed, and the the act of just believing something without questioning it is itself, you know, is 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 flawless. That there's nothing wrong with that. that just, I, I just I just don't buy that. So. One of my, my principles is as long as I'm alive, I'm gonna keep asking questions. I'm just gonna keep asking questions and challenge. I wanna hammer away at the foundation of every single thing that I believe in. And if I'm chipping at it and it cracks and falls apart and I completely destroy everything that I believe in, cool, that gives me an opportunity to to build it back up again. And I know that this time when I build it up, it'll be better. It's not gonna be perfect because it I, don't, I'm, I can't possibly have the, the universal objective perspective to know when it's perfect. I just know that my process of existence is that I get to keep doing this. I get to keep um, studying and exploring and and asking questions and trying to get to the bottom of of everything. And you know, at some point I'll die and who knows what's gonna happen after that. All I know is that I don't know what's gonna happen after I die. The only difference between life and death is our perspective of it, literally. We we, have all kinds of theories and all kinds of people who say that they know and I'm sure one of those is correct. I'm expecting, and I, there's there's a lot that I think are more likely than others, but the the whole, the whole cold, hard, raw truth is we don't know. We literally don't know. It's The only difference is when we're alive, we know what's happening. When we're dead, we don't know what's happening from both directions. So I'm just gonna spend the rest of the time that I'm alive asking as many questions as I can and trying to get to the bottom of as much truth as I can. And I'm just gonna every day Try to direct myself to the source of truth, whatever that is, whatever however that's defined. I just want to align with it and connect with it, and then learn what it what it has for me to learn. And at the end of this life, maybe I'll have another one, or maybe I'll find out the 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 whole the way the whole game works. But either way, I'm going to be happy about it.
1: The um, <clears throat> it seems dubious that we know what's going on in this life.
0: Yeah, these
1: days. Uh do you, do you like them? Can you see them? They work.
0: Yeah. They those are, those are pretty me? snazzy. Yeah. You just need to you just yeah, need to build think, up the uh, you just need to get a little more of the the, the red lipstick going. Yeah, there you go. Oh get yeah. Lip, I, I lip have, injections. right now
1: I have no believe it or not I have no red lipstick on right now, but I uh I could tell. I will for the videos. I will for the videos. They're they're com- you think this is bullshit. They're they're coming.
0: You need to get they're those coming. eyes I'm a lot stop wider. Doing- you need to get the crazy eyes. There you go. There you go. A.O. <laughs> Steve. Oh, uh, yeah. Alrighty, man.
1: A.O. Steve. On the heels of this, uh, this, this religious conversation here. Man, all, just all over the place. This fucking thing that we're doing.
0: This is, there you go. This is Kingpilled. This is, this is this show for you. If you, if this you, this is what it is. If you sat through this whole show, then, then you'll like, you'll, you'll like listening to us. <laughs> you must. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have anything else?
1: I don't know. Yeah, Matthew, I do. You made a comment about my black square earlier, and I'm going to use that to sabotage your entire life and take control. More up talk,
0: more up talk. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, God. guys. So, uh, this is this has been kingpilled. If you could do us a favor, if you could if you could like the show, no matter where you're watching it, like it and share it, and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we really want to try to get as many numbers as we can, so that uh, when because YouTube see, inevitably bans us, right? Yes. As soon as YouTube bans us, at least we'll have one group of people, and we can tell them where else to go. I'm sure that where we'll wind up is Gab, but for right now, this is uh, this is this is what works. Oh, Steve is friends with Jason McCrary. Nice, buddy. Yeah, we're, Jason will be back on again. He's just got some stuff he's, he's sorting out right now. He's really busy with, with, with life and with kids and, and his kids wrestling and all that. But he'll be back. Anyways, so yeah, like the show, share it, subscribe. Um, you'll get notifi- notified on YouTube when we go live. And people keep asking us if we're going to actually get this uploaded as a podcast so that they can listen to it elsewhere. And yes, we will. We're just extremely lazy and slow and also busy. So, uh.
1: yeah. And just and just listen, enjoy this YouTube version while it lasts, because once we're on Gab, uh, I'm going to make sure that we go full Gab pandering. So it's going to be a whole different show. We're going to have uh, like it's going to be about um, it's going to be about, you know, the whole King deal. But it's going to be a make America great again crown. Like it's 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 going off the rails once we get on Gab.
0: Basically, all the stuff that would get apologize. us kicked off of YouTube is all the stuff is only the stuff that we're going to do when we're on Gab. Exclusively. Yep. All right, guys. This has been fun. Thanks for uh, thanks for sitting through this. Thanks for everyone's comments. I haven't been able to get all of them, but uh, I'm going to go back through and read them. So uh, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, I am Matthew Erickson. You can follow me on Twitter at RealKingPilled, and that is... Liberal A.O. Steve. A.O. A.O. Steve. This is A.O. Steve. You need to go get the Twitter. The Twitter handle A.O. Steve.
1: Yeah, someone probably grabbed it already.
0: You You better go look for it. For now, you can follow someone who's who's
1: actually probably like simping for her name, Steve. Probably, probably like grabbed it and like you know replies to her all the time. (laughs) Maybe I'll start doing that.
0: You could. That's that's how you you'll uh, you'll be punching up and you'll get you'll get someone's attention. Oh, right. All right. So exactly. Later what I guys, want. We'll attention. see you. We're, we'll go live again. we our plan is to go live again on Monday. So look out for it then.
1: Two- Monday. Oh. It's happening Monday.